0: Hi everyone and welcome to Avid Travel with Britton Frost. I of course am your host Britton Frost and today we're gonna be talking about something that I get asked about pretty much all the time which is water levels. Um, So we'll be talking about the water levels in Europe in just a second but before we get into that I do want to get into some of our cruise news. Uh, It's been a long time since I've said that. So Emerald Waterways is offering a new cruise through France um, so through Burgundy and Provence specifically, and it's going to be an eight day flavors of Burgundy and Provence itinerary. Um, and that will sail round trip from Lyon starting in July of next year, so July 2020. Um, and they're, you know, it's a gastronomic cruise, So you're going to learn about the wines of the region and then you're going to do truffle hunting and things like that. So a lot of good food and a lot of good wine, which is what you expect from a trip to France. Um, So yes, as I said, that will start in July of 2020. Also in 2020, we have Riviera launching a new all-sweet ship, um, which is going to be the Jeffrey Chaucer, which if you did listen to my podcast with Marilyn Conroy, we did talk about that ship a little bit, but that one is going to come in 2020, and it will accommodate 169 guests. Um, And I do also want to mention that Ralph and I have just gotten back from our trip aboard Ama Magna, and so you can expect to see coverage um, about Ama Magna already up on the site and then in the coming weeks as well. Um, And so we kind of gave some first impressions. I wrote about the staff who were wonderful. Um, Ralph wrote about, you know, who is kind of the ideal passenger. And then this week we have a story about multi-generational cruising on the ship because I do believe that it's a good ship for families. Of a cinema in there. They also have a Nintendo Switch and a PlayStation 4, which seemed to be the biggest hit among the children. uh, Pool, and there were a lot of kids on board, so it gave me a a good perspective for that. Um, But you'll also see our updated review and other things like that in the upcoming weeks. So um, stay on alert for that. Uh, In this podcast about water levels, I'm going to start off kind of talking about my experience with the water in Europe, um, what I've heard from other people, and then we're going to get into a little bit of commentary from Ama Waterways president and co-founder Rudy Schreiner. I was able to sit down with him while I was on board Ama Magna and kind of pick his brain a little bit about how the water levels fluctuate, um, maybe about which seasons are best to cruise, which areas, and... um, just a few things like that and so kind of getting his insight as someone who has been in the river cruise industry for so long and how ama navigates low water and um you know if you should be concerned about water levels when your trip comes up so we're going to get into that now um yeah (music) So before we get into Rudy's commentary about water levels, I kind of just want to talk a little bit about what I've experienced with water in Europe and then also what some of our readers have experienced and the comments that we're getting now and how I personally feel like you as a cruiser should deal with low waters, um, cancellations, if you should cancel and so on. So, so let's first start with my experience with, Um, water levels. Now, I have never had a cruise canceled due to high or low water. However, in December of 2010, I was cruising on Ama Waterways, and the mine Danube Canal actually froze. And so one of the ships got trapped, and Ama Waterways had to spend a lot of money actually on this project, which... They, they took everything off the ship. They took all the crew and they moved it to another ship that was already out of service for the season that was on another side of the river so that we could get on. Now, granted, this was the first day of our trip and we didn't have to do any busing throughout the trip. But that first day we did have to go to where the ship was supposed to be. And then because um, that's where our transportation was arranged. And then we ended up having to bus to the new ship. And, you know, I'll tell you that until Christine and I, Christine Karst is the co-founder and vice president of AMA Waterways, and I actually sat down with her to talk about water levels a few months ago, and I'll link that podcast in the description, but until Christine and I started talking about water levels, I I actually completely forgot that this happened. Um, I think that definitely when your entire river cruise turns into a bus trip, then that can of course be a little bit of a problem and something that you're gonna remember because you're paying for a cruise and you're essentially getting a land tour out of it. Now, I will say that in these situations, I've heard that guests have been accommodated in really great ways sometimes and then also in really not great ways sometimes. So that's gonna kind of depend on which cruise line you take and how they handle it and unfortunately, You know, there's no real insight to that because every itinerary is different and every um, situation with the water is different. So that's kind of hard to gauge, but just having to bus to a different location where a ship was docked was not something that, that made my vacation, it's not something that ruined it. It's not something that made it worse. I spent a few hours on a bus one day and then the cruise resumed as normal. And I will say that, you know, When you have these low points on the Danube, which you'll hear Rudy talk about in a second um, which areas they're able to get to and which areas are uh, more prone to issues with water because of the way that the locks are set up. But when you just have to bus from one ship to another that's on a different side of the water um, and you're only making one switch. I don't necessarily think that that's going to be worth canceling over. If you if you know that one area of the river is low or if the cruise line has contacted you and said that, you know, you're not going to be you're going to have to bus from this side of the river to this side of the river. Um, if it's just one switch, I wouldn't even give that a second thought because, yeah, maybe it cuts into a day or half of a day of the cruise but you're still there, you're still going to cruise, and, and everything is going to be okay. And what we see now is a lot of cruise lines kind of setting things up this way. So because they have multiple ships in their fleet, they're able to set up one ship in a, in one place, and then another ship on another side, so that if there is an issue with lower high water, they can get passengers off one ship, and then bust to the other side of the river that's passable. And so you do see the river cruise lines taking a lot of initiative in these situations to make sure that their passengers are able to cruise as much as they can and I mean it's also important to keep in mind that none of these cruise lines want guests to be unhappy and want guests to walk away without having the cruise experience because a lot of you know a lot of business that these cruise lines get is is word-of-mouth and so if you have a bad experience and you go tell someone that and you write on a you write on a forum on the internet and you leave reviews and you say that you didn't have a good experience then these cruise lines are are losing potential customers. So what you often see is cruise companies really kind of bending over backward to make sure that each guest is satisfied. And this can either come in cruise credits, in accommodations, um, in hotels, or I mean, whatever it may be. As I said, each circumstance varies completely. But even so, I mean, you see some sort of initiative given by the cruise lines in most instances. And I know that people who have had their cruises canceled may disagree, but that's just what I see from a lot of the comments that I get. Now, one question that I always get is, you know, how do we predict the water levels? I I will get people emailing me now at this time of year, which is July, and ask me about spring of next year. You know if if there's a better season to cruise, how what the prediction for water levels is going to be next year? And the answer is simply just I don't know. I mean, I don't know as well as as you don't know um, because we can't predict the weather a year out, unfortunately. And yes, in certain seasons you do have more rain and you do have more heat. And this um, in the summer, of course, it's it's hotter, but you also have a chance for rain, and so you know it really just depends. And in these situations, specifically, we're seeing times when the river is not passable, and one day of rain gives the river enough water for the ships to be able to pass. And so, I mean, it really is a day by day struggle for people on the river when the waters are low, um, but it also, I mean, it makes it so much more unpredictable, and, you know, it, it it really, it just depends. It's like, do I need to take a rain jacket on a trip to the beach that I am planning in October? I don't know. I'll check the weather in October, and I'll see, but there's really no way of of kind of predicting this or, or, or preparing for it. Um, and that's what makes it so hard. Of course, you see trends in certain seasons. But I mean, if you look at what happened in October of last year, when the water levels were so low, that that seemed like an anomaly. And that's usually what I tell people is that, you know, these weather patterns aren't normal. And it's best to just proceed with your plans. And then, you know, if your cruise line cancels, you'll be able to either book another one with them or get sometimes insurance will cover and so really to just take it day by day plan as you would and then let things happen as they do and that might seem like a gamble and quite honestly it is I mean you're booking this cruise but but if you think about it a cruise could be canceled for a number of reasons and so when you make travel plans you're making them hoping hoping that you can go in any in any sense, whether it's a cruise, whether it's a resort stay, and things do happen, um, especially weather. And so, I mean, that's really the only advice that I can give. And that's the only advice that Ralph and I do give is to just kind of proceed as you would. And then if, if something happens, it will. But I, I do want to look to a couple of comments from our water levels page before I get to rudy's comments about water levels because um people are noticing that the water levels are low again because it's been so hot in europe and so i just want to read a couple of those comments because we do have people who have heard that the water levels are low and canceled and of course that's their right to do so but i I think that generally and if you listen to the podcast last week as well with elsa um she talks about having a cruise where the water levels were um low. And she ended up getting put up in the Ritz Carlton by Uniworld. And, you know, that that worked for her and she was pleased. Um, But she does also mention that she looks at certain seasons to travel because she knows that the water levels will be less of an issue. And I I say knows with a bit of hesitation, because as I already mentioned, of course, there is no way of really knowing. Um, But You know, uh, this podcast was recorded on July 20th, so I'm going to read some of the comments from earlier. Um, July 18th, one of our readers commented, I'm 17 days out before a Rhine cruise and I'm concerned. Uh, Germany is forecasted for a major heat wave next week and some parts of the river are down. Has anyone heard anything about the Rhine or any rain being forecast uh, before August 5th? Because I guess that's when her cruise is. And then people just started commenting, you know, we're due out on July 27th. We're tracking water levels. Um, there's a website that you can use, but it's in German. So I'll link that below. Um, but you can kind of pinpoint the water levels. So I'll I'll link that and, and we can all try to figure it out as best we can. Um, but people are just commenting about the water levels and someone, yeah, commented we were leaving on a Viking cruise July 22nd from Budapest and just got an email from Viking giving a heads-up of potential problems, no further details. Um, And then someone commented that they are on the Danube now on Avalon Impression, leaving the Wachau Valley on the way to Vienna, water levels are fine. And I will say that when we were on the Danube, the water levels were fine as well, but as I said, these things can change kind of at the drop of a hat. Um, but I, yeah, leaving next week, just heard today the Danube River is low and we have already had a ship change. So that was on July 17th and I we just got off and, and other people are saying the water levels are fine. So I'm not quite sure what was happening with that one. Um, but someone, yes, this is a comment that I was looking for on July 12th, Judy comments, we canceled our elegant Elba Viking cruise that we were scheduled to take. The itinerary basically was changed to poorly arranged bus trip with hours of shuttling and no cruising. Um, as we know, the Elba has the most problems with low water, I think, um, and actually only two cruise lines cruise on it anyway. Um, so that one seems a little bit less surprising. But this woman canceled her cruise and hopefully got her money back either through insurance or through Viking. Um, uh, Marine comments: I'm so sorry to hear to hear this. Did they offer an adjustment or vouchers? And um, Then another comment from a man named John saying, We were on the phone with Vikings Sunday and Monday. They advised they had canceled the same Elba trip that was to start four days earlier, giving these passengers 12 days notice. Um, But he states that he was only given three days notice. Um, So, I mean... people do have problems with the amount of notice that the cruise lines are giving them, and I think that that's kind of where the issues with the water levels come into play, is that sometimes, especially in October when the water levels were low, people weren't hearing that their cruises were being canceled until a day or two days before. Um, So unfortunately, it seems like guests are kind of having to do their own research on the levels of the water, and then making informed decisions based off of that, whether or not they should cancel. So that's kind of my advice, is that on that water levels page, we do have a lot of discussions going back and forth about people um, who have recently cruised, how the water levels were. And then, of course, in our newsletter every week, we try to keep everyone updated about water levels, which levels are high, which are low, and then which are optimal um and so any problems that happen we also kept you updated when the lock was broken on the danube and so you know just staying informed in those ways and then using that information to make decisions but as far as booking goes as i said i would just kind of book the cruises not worry about it um and that's kind of rudy's advice as well as well so when I sat down with him to talk, which we're going to get to actually in just a second here, um, he kind of stated that, you know, there's nothing really to worry about because, especially on the Danube, because there's always a chance to be able to pump water through locks and dams and flood certain parts of the river. So let's hear what he has to say now. talk a little bit about water levels because you gave some really good insight during the QA. Yeah. About, you know, how a lot of people have really complimented on the waterways, you know, written to me and complimented AMA because it seems like you can generally sail further than than other cruise lines. And I've heard that from multiple people is that when a lot of people have to stop, you're able to keep going. So I wanna know a little bit more about why you can do that? Is it is it the way that the ships are built? or
1: It's two things. Uh, when you do your deployment uh, there are many factors in how you do your deployment. First of all it's demand plus for me one important part is also deployment according to past history on water levels in different regions. There are critical regions, more critical regions, at more critical times. Yeah, and there is a history about it. So in general, what you have, you have uh, snow cover in the winter time, and then you have snow melt in the spring. And you can have heavy rains. So springtime, you can have excessive water. So you are wa- right above average. Then comes the dry summer time, and depending how much rain you get, yeah, water levels can drop and can drop quite a lot. And that happened last year. So last year there was a high sitting over Europe for a long time, not over Europe but over Germany, yeah, and it pushed all the lows to the south and to the north. So while there was no rain in Germany, there was flooding going on in Italy and in France. So critical areas are the transition from the Danube River over to the Rhine River, there's a critical area because north of Passau, there is no longer Passau is the last dam, and then it's natural flow of the water. That means highs, lows go much quicker. You cannot control the water levels. So when you go from uh, Budapest, let's say to Amsterdam, yeah, you are cross, crossing that critical area, yeah, and that can be go both ways, high or low. So. Most cruise, river cruise lines today place one ship on, in Amsterdam and place the ship in Budapest and then go against each other. If they cannot cross a critical area, yeah, which is right kind of almost 50%, half in the middle, then they switch passengers to the other ship and continue with uh, on the other ship. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So there's not much interference. Uh, The Danube River in Austria has 11 hydroelectric power plants, Uh, that means they're also locks, so they can regulate the water pretty much all season long. If there's no more water coming down, it's almost like a lake, so they don't let any water flow off. So even last year with the extreme low water, we never had any issues cruising between and. Bratislava Mm. because that's where the last lock is we had some issues sometimes going into Budapest because there's no more lock afterwards so Budapest was not that critical yeah it happened a few times to us where we couldn't go in but then we uh, bus people from Bratislava to Budapest which is a few hours on the bus trip and then we we accommodate them in, in a hotel in Budapest so I always uh, look at deployment uh, trying to avoid, at critical times, critical areas. Number one. Number two, when you do ship construction, you try to maintain the lowest possible draft. So that's another thing that comes into the picture and there I'm very critical about how we build the ships and how deep we can go. There are other cruise lines also out there who are doing a fantastic job on that, yeah, and some don 't do such <laughs> <not> a, <and laughs> some don 't do job. such a good job so yeah but uh, for some of them, yeah for years there was no issue, and then suddenly you get an extreme uh, climate extreme season like last season, and then suddenly you'll there 's this aha, uh-huh, okay, now I understand why yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had really on the Danube almost no problem. On the Rhine on the other side there are no locks on the lower Rhine. So that means once water levels get low there's nothing you can do against it. Yeah, you cannot block the water with a dam. So it got fairly bad last year in the area of the den of the Rhine Gorge. Yeah. In in some areas you physically could walk through the Rhine River, yeah. So that's kind of the whole story. I mean, it's uh, two sides and, and we always have been doing uh, very well in how we manage it. The other thing what we do is uh, if you have a seven night cruise and one day is uh, influenced by high water, low water, other, other factors, yeah, and we do a totally different program, we will give you a 15% future cruise credit. Per day. So if it's three days, it's forty five percent. If it's all seven days differently, we still will try to make a beautiful vacation out of your time spent in Europe and then you, but you will get a hundred percent future cruise credit, yeah. So we want you to come here, we will do the best what we can. If it doesn't work according to schedule, you get your benefits. We don't want to uh, tell you two weeks before the departure that you cannot go because uh, there we canceled the cruise because of low water. Hmm. What do you do then? Then you sit at home yeah. trying to figure yeah. out where, where do I go. This way you come to Europe, you still experience a good vacation, and then you still have your money available or your credits available for a future cruise.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I have a lot of people write to me and kind of ask, because there's a lot of hesitation now with cruising, because of what happened last year, I think, that really kind of kicked it into overdrive, that people are worried about, you know, that they've booked cruises and if they're gonna be able to go, and in the beginning of June, you had all the high water issues. I mean, my advice is always just kind of like, like you said, you're still gonna come over, you're still gonna do this trip and, and have the experience, but I, I don't think that being hesitant or trying to cancel your cruise ahead of time is a logical decision. I mean, what do you think
1: about that? I mean, first of all, things happen every once in a while, every so often. So uh, five, six years ago, we had, for a short period, extreme high water area levels, Yeah, where some dams overflowed, where some dams cracked, and we had to we had to pause going through certain areas. Yeah, uh, 2003 was low water. Uh, it takes six, eight months, and things are pretty much forgotten. Yeah? yeah. So it has influenced maybe some people. Yeah. But overall, I think bookings are strong. Uh, res- there's not too many questions in, anymore about low water, high water issues. This year again has been a very good year. Yeah. We are still right now. We are already in July, and we are still above uh, regular water levels. Yeah. Which for July is extremely good. Yeah. 18 was a perfect year 18 uh, sorry 17 17 was a perfect year we did not have a single day of high water or lower water issues so you never know but overall I would say it's 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 not a big concern yeah it happens at time and for us the only area which for us was really kind of got a little critical was uh, the late October early November time period on the Rhine but not during the peak season.
0: Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like, I, I think as you said, like six to eight months, people tend to forget and you always hear about the bad. It's like maybe you hear about one cruise that didn't sail compared to however many did and think about how many ships are leaving every day. So
1: yeah, <laughs> but bookings look good. Yeah. Twenty looks good. Good. And we are in we already did our deployment for twenty one. We're already starting to book our charts for twenty one. So and we're still continuing building ships every year. So hasn't changed much? No. Yeah.
0: No. Okay. And congratulations on this ship.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs>
0: So as you can see, you know, Rudy and I are kind of on the same page about telling people to just proceed with their plans. I know I've said that multiple times, but I think it is really important to reinforce that and not try to police the situation. And, and, you know, just to kind of make sure, as Rudy said, you know, You still get over there. You still get to do your vacation. And I mean, yes, going in a bus is disappointing. So maybe if your entire cruise is going to be a bus ride, like we've seen some of them have to be, um, then then that's time to reevaluate. But especially if you can look back at that comments on the water levels page at how other cruise companies, the cruise company that you're traveling with has handled the situation. As Rudy said, with Ama Waterways, they get a cruise credit per every day disrupted. So even if you just have one day that's disrupted by low water and you have to switch ships or you don't get to go to to port or whatever it may be, then you still have that discount on a future booking. And I know that people get a little bit upset about cruise credits, but if your entire trip is disrupted, then you do get a chance to rebook. Um, With AMA, at least you get that 100% future cruise credit. So, um... I think that, yes, proceed with caution if you feel that you need to. But otherwise, you know, when you when you book anything, when you put money into anything, you're taking a gamble. And and I do want to emphasize, too, and I said this to Rudy, is that a lot of times you hear so much about the bad because people are upset that their cruises are disrupted and you don't hear about how many cruises are not disrupted. And the amount of cruises that are not disrupted compared to those that are, it's a way, way, way larger number. And that's why these cruise companies are still able to operate because they do well and they do good business and people are happy and they come back. So a final word of advice is just to book the river cruise of your dreams and let it play out. Thank you so much for joining me today on Ava Travel with Britain Frost. I hope that you all have a great week as always, and I will see you next time. Bye!